God has been better to us than what we even realize. Amen. We thank him for this day, this hour. We thank him for his blessing and his favor on us. Amen. We honor all of our ministers. <clears throat> we honor our deacons, leaders, officers, and to all of you who are here to worship this morning and to give God praise. Amen. 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 Can we just offer up a praise unto our God? Hallelujah. 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 Glory to his name. Hallelujah. Amen. Sometimes even if you don't know why you're saying it, you ought to just say it anyway. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. If nobody mashed any money in your hand or nothing extravagant happened to you in the last seven days, you ought to just say it anyhow. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Because God already sees what your tomorrow is bringing. Amen. He knows. He knows. Hallelujah. He knows. He knows. Amen. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name for shifting us from a void. I thank you in Jesus' name, oh God, for moving us to a place of fullness, a place of revival, restoration, Father God, a place that's saturated with your presence. Lord, I pray that you would shift this atmosphere, oh God, from dead to alive. Lord, I pray that you would continue to touch us, Lord, promote us. Lord, your name be lifted. You be glorified. You are the Lord God Almighty. Father God, we enter and we come into your presence, oh God, right now with our hands lifted, our heads bowed, oh God. We're giving you thanks, oh God, for who you are, not for anything that you've done, but just because you're God. And we acknowledge that you are God. We thank you, oh God, for your preached and your taught word. We thank you for the living word. We thank you, oh God, that, that you are victorious over every demonic force, that Father God, you are the one in charge. We bow at your feet. Speak to us. Teach us, oh God. Glorify your name now in the name of Jesus as we move higher. Satan, you are defeated in Jesus' name. All of your tools, your rudiments, all of your, your imps that you set in the sanctuary, they're already defeated in Jesus' name. Everything with any defiled or unclean agenda, we bind it in Jesus' name. I thank you, oh God, for your anointing, your spirit, your presence, oh God, the spirit of joy, Lord. I thank you for love and kindness. We thank you for your grace and your mercy, Lord. We pray now that you would open ears, Lord, with an anointing to hear your word. Lord, fill me and use me as I become your vessel, your instrument. Lord, speak through me. Glorify your name right now in Jesus' name. I'm still and yielded, oh God, to your word. Speak to your glory. Glorify your name. In Jesus' name, that will never be the same. Hallelujah. We count it done. We believe it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hallelujah. Let's give him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. Hallelujah. Amen. We have a, quite a bit before us today, so that we're going to go ahead and get started into the word of God, what God would would share with us today. Uh, first of all, I want to tell you um, that there, there are some things that's been pulling at me and pulling on me to where I'm, I'm 
really in this in this place. It almost feels like transition. Uh, it's it's a kind of burden and a weight to carry, but it's a good thing. Amen. Don't don't start looking at me trying to size me up and give me some pills. Don't bother me. Leave me alone. Let God work with me and fix everything that He's called me to do in my life. That's my assignment. That's my thirst. That's my passion and my hunger is to live and to complete my assignment that God has on my life. I mean, it's not just about a vision or a dream because those change. Amen. But it's about the assignment, that place where God has imprisoned us. You cannot get away from the assignment of God. Amen. You cannot do it away from the assignment and the work of God. God. So I want you to make note of two scripture. I want you to read and study on your own because we will visit these and we will uh, expound on these and teach these, uh, open this these scripture up. These two right here is not one I'm going to preach from today, but I want you to make a note for, for these to read in your study this week. Second Timothy, the third chapter, verses 10 through 17. Second Timothy 3, 10 through 17. Please don't just write them down. Write them down and read them. Amen. 2 Timothy 3, 10 through 17, the first one. The second one that I'd like for you to write down, take note of, and read is going to be 2 Peter, the entire chapter of 2 Peter. Amen. That's important, and that's vital in this hour. 2 Peter, the entire chapter. Those two verses of Scripture or portions of Scripture, 2 Timothy 3, 10 through 17, and 2 Peter, the entire chapter. Please make a note of that and um, be studious, be diligent to read and, and to study those words because we want to uh, expound on those later. This morning, I want to uh, speak to you from chapter, from Luke, the fifth chapter, verses 4 through 11. Luke 5, verses 4 through 11. And it's not that I would exegete or expound uh, on this text, but I will pull some things from this text that's relevant to uh, the message that we're going to uh, bring forth to you this morning. Luke 5, verses 4 through 11, the word of God reads, Now when he had left speaking, talking about Jesus, when he was speaking to the multitude as he got into Peter's ship and launched out from the shore just a little bit and began to speak to the people. When he left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. Just like Jesus does many times after he has spoken to crowds, he takes his elect, the chosen, and he begins to whisper the revelation and give them clarity on the things that he said. He'll even demonstrate what he has been teaching so that he can reveal something of himself. Even when he spoke in parables, after he finished speaking to the crowds in parables, he would take his elect, his 12, off to the side and break open the parables and give them special feedings and revelation of what was going on and the words that he was speaking to them. Amen. And verse five, and Simon answering said unto him, master, we have told all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both ships so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, 
at the drought of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Peter was astonished at what had just happened. Peter was so astonished that he knew he'd been blessed by God. Peter said, listen, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. I'm most undeserving of what you have just done in my ship. I mean, he had blessed, he's, he's standing in Peter's ship, and now he has told Peter what to do after Peter has done what he desired to do all night long and came up unsuccessful. Jesus now on board and tells him to go launch out into the deep. I'm, I'm getting ready to do something. I mean, he's preparing him mentally. He's preparing him and, to, and giving him some courage and encouragement to go out into the deep expecting something. Amen. And what he would bring up, the Bible tells us, he was astonished. Amen. And then it says, and so were those who were with him. They were astonished at what God had allowed to happen after their efforts. Amen. And then Jesus said, you think that's something? He said, after this, you're going to catch men. <laughs> you're going to be doing something else after this. And then it was something else that was so exciting and so uh, 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 big about this blessing. is that whenever they got back to land, the Bible says they forsook all and followed him. Has anything ever happened in your life to where you would leave everything, disconnect, and follow God? I know we can't even get some of y'all to disconnect from the house and follow God. They forsook all. Listen, here's my subject. It's a movement, not a moment. It's a movement not a moment. They forsook all and followed him because of the astonishment of how much God had put in their ships after their efforts and coming up with nothing. How many of you, after you've worked like this, would even consider trying it again, even at the command and direction of God? Many of us are wore out praying for and with some people, talking to them and counseling them till we've decided, look, I'm not praying with or for them, not another time. Seems like the more I pray, the more I talk to them, I'm washing my hands of them because I keep coming up with nothing. It's like the dumber I get or the crazier I get. Sometimes you got to learn, listen here, not to get mad and distance yourself, but you got to learn how to give them to be an offering unto God and let God handle the rest of it. Sometimes you just got to move away just a little bit and let them go ahead and go into the deep. Amen. Just because they're out of your hands doesn't mean that they're out of his sight and out of his care. If, if God doesn't speak, we can't know who he is. If God doesn't speak, we won't know his will. If God doesn't speak, he's, when every time God speaks, he's revealing himself. 
He, 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 he's his will and he's, he speaks the truth. Whatever God says is and it cannot be changed or reversed. You don't have to add to, tweak, or anything. If God made you a promise, everything you need is in it. It's not going to be the promise and plus something. No, God is going to bless you exceeding abundantly above all that you could ask or think. In other words, he's putting some kind of fish in the net that you weren't even fishing for. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying because you really don't want nothing from God. See, we, we, we're not in this life alone and helpless, helpless and without help from God. We're not just out here spinning our wheels and, and losing, being beat up and beat down with, with the prices of gas and the prices of food and how they're cutting about the amount they're putting in the packages of food. We're not just out here being ambushed with, 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 with inflation. If we declare Jehovah Jireh, then I don't care how much they put in the box. It'll be more than enough for me and my house. I don't care how high gas gets. I'm still going to ride. I, I heard somebody say, everybody ride. I don't care how much gas is. You're going to ride. Because Jehovah Jireh, I told you last week that if you can declare with me that the Lord is your shepherd, you're also declaring that you have everything that you need and you know it. I'm talking about last week, it was a, a week before last, it was a constant conscious communion with God to say that the Lord is my shepherd. Know that we're with him, always being cared for, looked after, and, and taken to everywhere we need. If we need peace, God is taking us there. If we need covering, God is taking us there. He is doing it all. And what I love about Jesus in this text is he, is he runs right up to them and he shows them a creative miracle. He shows them and reveals to them an identity that only he shares with God. He is God in the flesh. Do you believe that? Your salvation hinges on it. You can't explain it. You can't understand it. But as he was a man walking on two feet, he was also God. That is what we believe. And that's what the word of God declares. You don't believe me? Ask Moses. When Moses was sent to get the children out of Israel, God, Moses asked God, he said, who shall I tell them that sent me? And then the Lord God Almighty says, tell them I am. Why? Because God is. He wasn't created. He has no birthday. He is. And Jesus, just like God says, look, I've got the same name my father got. I am the good shepherd. I am the truth. I am the bread of life. Come on, somebody. I am the way. Y'all don't hear me. I am the good shepherd. I am the light of the world. He says, I am just like the Father. So he starts doing creative miracles just like the Father. He starts speaking life in dead situations just like the Father. If you see Jesus, then you've seen the Father. He is the full embodiment of God. The fullness of the Godhead dwelled in him bodily. The Bible says that in John, and John talks about the divinity of God. John doesn't go with us to the manger. John doesn't take us anywhere like that. But John, he starts talking about the eternal God, the divinity, Jesus' divine identity, that, 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 that not only was he born of Mary, but he's saying he's the word made flesh dwelling among us, Emmanuel, God 
with us. Let me just tell you, you are not alone. I know you've been praying. I know you've been covered or up in some dark situations. I know that you've been fasting. I know that some things have been going on in your life that you ain't really telling nobody and talking to nobody about. But I want to tell you, look at somebody and tell them, you are not alone. I'm not talking about who else is in the house with you either. There's somebody there that you can't see with your natural eyes. Come on, somebody. You need to loose them and let them heal the house. You need to loose them and let them be like the Bible says that when Jesus stepped down on two feet, that he walked in natural realm and said that he is the light of the world. Listen, listen. He says, now look, when you look at creation, if you ever looked at it, the world was lit before the sun was ever made. They said that this light is the life, come on somebody, of men. That, that's what my Bible says. And listen to this, what that tells me is that there is something in me that God put in me that if I go to the doctor and something's wrong with me, they cannot find it with an x-ray machine. They cannot spot it and tell me that it's all well with my soul. No, no, no. They got to have another instrument. They got to have a is it well with my soul kind of device in their spirit to discern what's really going on with me. There's some medicine that they don't have in the cabinet. They can't write a prescription for because they can't detect what's wrong with me if they are not spiritual. It is something that God only sees in us. He's with that light. It's the life that God put in us. He breathed into us like no other, like he gave nothing to nobody else. He breathed it into us. And there's that part of you, that essence of God, that image and likeness that is in you that cannot be identified naturally. Even when you die, it lives forevermore. Y'all not with me. God put something in you that listen, beyond your control, every time you reproduce, all of that comes with it. It doesn't come from you. He's the source of it. He's not breathing again into anybody, but he put that which is in you and made it to where you could reproduce and all of it will come in what come out of you. And then you want to tell me that God, that Jesus cannot be born of a virgin. And you are giving birth to stuff that you didn't come from you. Uh, we're not, we have to do that in Bible study because y'all y'all not even with me this morning. See, listen, when you look at natural things, when you look at how natural things are occurring in life, I want you to understand that there's also a spiritual work going on. It may be, it may look natural and think the events may look like they're just natural occurrences, but I want to tell you that there's something in the spirit that's also going on right with it. Matter of fact, I've told you before that whenever you do things in the natural in agreement with what's been birthed in you from the spirit, then you're beginning to turn things around on the earth from a predecided, predetermined and ordained system from heaven. Do you understand me? If God says the walls are going to fall and you and tell you what to do to make them fall, and when you're doing it in the natural, heaven is doing, there's, a, there's another spiritual movement. So when Peter obeyed Jesus 
and did exactly what Jesus said, it was no different from them walking around those walls. It was no different than when they were standing at the Red Sea because now Jesus is telling you, look, I have authority just like I told you over the fish, over the cattle, over creeping things, over everything gave you dominion. I'm coming back to show you that I have that power. Come on, somebody. God can fill up your net. God can cause your cup to overflow. God can cause your bank account to run out. The bank can't even understand it. And they'll know that you didn't steal it, but somehow or another, it's in there. All right. Okay. That's the supernatural workings of God. And see, when we, when we look at this thing, we're baffled at it. When Peter saw this move of God, he fell down at Jesus' feet and said, depart from me. I'm a sinful man. This thing was convicting to him. This, it, it, it went into the immaterial part of him. Before he could shout on how many fish he saw, he was convicted in his spirit. Has God ever blessed you like that to where you know good and well, Lord, I don't deserve it? but you done blessed me. I, I, I'm not trained for it. I didn't go to school for it, but God, you blessed me with it because you favored me. I'm, 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 before, you can, before you can look at how much you got in the increase on in the promotion, you're sitting there talking about, God, what, what happened? I, I don't even deserve this, God. As raggedy and tore up as I've been, and God just rang some favor in your life. You know you don't deserve it. But that's just how good he is and has been to you. It was a move of God. Not just for the moment, but his life had been shifted, permanently changed. It wasn't just a moment. Has anybody ever had it like that? Let me just tell you, your mess does not derail God's movement in your life. God loves you even in your sinful state. For while the earth, while the world was still in sin, God so loved the world that he gave. Your mess don't derail God's movement. You can't control, you can't be ugly enough to control God's love. It's unconditional, it's who he is. You, you might can convince some folk around you. Because you know, you got people, deep even that go to church that are posse up and cause their clique to dislike you because they dislike you. The clique don't even know why they don't like you. It's just because somebody else got them. Come on, y'all. I mean, this, we're talking about the church. Because if, if, if there wasn't clicks, there wouldn't be, they wouldn't even have an office in church. I'm the president of this click. Amen. This is what we do. Amen. We ain't in line with nothing. The vision, we, matter of fact, we buck vision. But let me just tell you, your mess don't derail God's movement. It's not, it wasn't just for a moment. When God blessed you the way that he did, that absolutely blew your mind. Whenever they said that you would never make it out of the hospital, whenever you thought that your kids were never going to be born again, some of them live like and with the devil. Hello, somebody. Because that's a lot of the reason why they're living like the devil, because they're living with. I want you to understand that there's some things that's going on around you that you're not saying that kids pick up on. Because it's that immaterial piece of them that, no, look, kids can discern real when you can't. They may not know scripture, but they know real. Amen. Kids don't run from just everybody. There's some kids that'll look at you and smile and walk right up to you, but they'll see some folk and run in terror. I can't understand it. They run like you got a scary face or something. And I've had them to do that to me. It must have been because I was hanging around with some of y'all before I saw them. 
<laughs> Here's Peter's life being permanently changed. It was a movement, not just a moment. When God moves, we move. When God moves, we ought to move. Amen. Caught up in the move of God. It wasn't just about the one thing. See, some of us, our whole life is based on just one thing that they remember way back when they were wearing a size two shoe that God did. Now, I'm not telling you that was a small thing, but I'm telling you that there's some other things that God has done and is doing. Amen. He's doing some other things. And look, we ought to be caught up in the move of God. This, this, this thing that God keeps on doing that we're so undeserving of. This love that God has for us that we did not and cannot earn. He's calling us friends and we act like enemies of God. We don't want to be around God. We don't want to be around folk that love God. We don't want to be in the presence of God. Why? It's because we have graduated to some kind of anointing to where we think we don't even need to be around others that's anointed just like us. The devil is a liar. You were made to, in the glory of God, and even your body is functioning together to keep life sustaining inside of you. So what makes you think you can be a part of something and not be a part of something? The devil is a lie. Don't get caught up in that. See, look, God is going to work out of you all that you're trying to carry with you that's hindering you, concerning you, for concerning the next move of God for your life. He's got to work all of that out of you. And one portion of scripture, he told them, come and follow me, and I'm going to make you to become fishers of men. I'm going to make you, I'm going to build you, teach you, I'm going to train you, I'm going to open up my word to you. When I talk, I'm going to come back to you, and I'm going to open it up so you can understand it. And I think that's where the church suffers today, is because we have not taken the time in our shouting and our jumping and running to open up the text and really get some understanding of who God really is. That's why it's so easy for a COVID season to mess up your whole trajectory when it comes to being spiritual and being born again. Y'all, you, you need to hear me. I believe COVID was more than just a moment. I believe COVID was the initial or initiation to another movement. I believe COVID was a fire of refinement in the body of Christ. It was a test for our faith. It was a test to see what we were really all about. That if we shut down for a season, and it, could we still remain warm and heated by the fire of God? If we were left captivated in the atmosphere of our own houses, would we still come out on fire for God? See, when the fire ain't burning at home, don't come to church and try to give me some strange fire. No, you, this thing got to start at home. Then when you come to church, we all bring some fire. And we can burn some stuff up. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. I'm telling you that, that, that I believe that this was more than just a moment. It's a movement. From this point on, you're going to catch me. 
when they brought their ship to land, they forsook all and followed him. They left it all, people, but they didn't lose it all. The whole course of their lives were changed in a moment. The whole course. They caught a lot of fish, but something else was going on in the spirit. Many of us will say to ourselves to, or to encourage somebody else, God will make a way. Don't you ever find yourself telling somebody that? When they shared with you their struggle or shared with you where they were hung up. And I know some of y'all, because y'all go to church and y'all praise and y'all shout and y'all speak in tongues and y'all pray at home and y'all love everybody. I know that. See, I'm not, I don't expect for y'all to, ha to have to go through something. You, you know, you don't, y'all you, don't, you don't go through things and you don't feel like that you've been held down. You don't feel like you've been attacked. You don't feel like that something has you bound up sometimes. You don't ever walk in the spirit of heaven. And so, you know, you can't identify with what I'm talking about right now. Every now and then, though, you may meet some people that's not in this room and don't go to this church that you may need to encourage and tell them, look, honey, God will make a way. And say, well, well, well if we believe God will make a way, why do we keep picking and choosing our own way? Why do we keep taking the route that we choose? If we say he'll provide, let's do what he says to do. We, we, we should be saying, nevertheless, at your word, I, 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 it's bad out here, it's dark, but you're the light of the world, and, and, and the darkness never can overcome the light. Just the, just the slightest of, of the presence of God, darkness cannot overcome the light. Never, no matter how the darkness tries. Do you understand me? The enemy was not trying to pull the sun out of the sky. He was trying to pull the light out of you. Everyone that, that, that you read about in scripture that had prophets, he tried his best to keep the light out. Listen to this. Whenever he heard that Jesus was coming, what did he do? He killed all firstborn males. Whenever Moses was getting ready to do his thing, what did he do? Throw all the babies into the Nile. See, it's no secret that, that when you start going through these cycles, it starts with the kids. That's where he starts. It starts with reproductivity. Do you understand me? It starts with what's going on as to bringing something into this world or stopping something from coming into this world. It, it, it's, it, it's crazy how it works. And, we, and we'll have to talk about those things in Bible study because we're living in an hour. Well, those things are very relevant right now. And to the church that does not have a trained ear for the word of God, you don't like that kind of preaching and teaching because it sounds like, you know, that's too spooky. Y'all don't understand that. Can't get into that. Just make me shout. And so we can keep coming to church and ignorantly running and jumping and shouting, but we have no power, no revelation, no understanding of the word of God. And so what we do without that and call ourselves the body of Christ, then what we got left now is to come in and start picking on each other, tearing each other's lives apart religiously. Listen to this. You remember in the Bible when they found the woman in the act of adultery, the woman. Now, I don't know about you, but it takes more than just a woman 
by herself to commit adultery. And if you look in the scripture, there is the woman called an adultery. There's the woman that was bent over. There's the woman with the issue of blood. There's the woman at the well. The Bible does not leave it a secret that the woman represents the body of the bride of Christ. The devil has been always after the body, the bride of Christ. He's always been after man's help, the help that God created. Come on, somebody to be a help meet for the man. He's always tried to do that. Shut up a womb where she couldn't have babies. Come on, somebody, mess up, mess up a cycle where she couldn't have babies. Kill her before she get to the age of having babies. And if she do have the baby, give her a mind where she'll throw it in the now. I'm telling you that whenever they caught that woman, and these were not just anybody's, these were religious leaders. Can y'all hear what I'm saying? Church folk, not just going to church, but they were leaders in the church. And they said, look at here, because you know they always try to, 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 to catch Jesus up in some stuff all the time. They come running, talking about she was caught in the very act. The law, Moses' law declared that she should be stoned. Adam, where are you now? Your woman in trouble again. Huh? There's a second Adam on the scene. And as they accused her, he didn't say a word for a while. The Bible said that he just stooped down and started writing on the ground. I think what he was doing was moving the, 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 the thing from the spirit realm. He said, look, I am going to reveal to you something from the spirit that my law was intended for. What if he just wrote one word on the ground? Love. Yeah. And if he wrote anything else, what if he wrote down grace? Yeah. Come on, somebody. And what if he wrote favor down? Or what if he was writing in the sand all the sins that men had committed from the time earth began to now? What if he wrote down the names of the very ones standing there? If they would have went to read the writing. Jesus is so wise that he knew how to answer. He said, listen, you act like you don't know the purpose of my father's law for you. The whole purpose of my father's law for you was to love God and to love one another. But if you are not spiritual, you will become religious with your scriptures. And you won't try to bless nobody so that somebody will come running to Jesus. What you'll do is try to point out their wrong. See, you ain't, there's no anointing that I've read in scripture that, that, that's anointed you to point out somebody's wrong. There, that, 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 there, there's a liar. There's a cheat. Come on. No, there's no anointing in the scripture for you to be used to point out somebody else's problem. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus was just down there right and they getting ready to do their little dirt death thing to this woman and let the man go. That ain't even right. Come on. I don't know if it was racism, but somebody got to go get Ben Crumb. I mean, this thing ain't right. Something ain't right. Sexism, something, I, something going on, Sister Wendy. I don't understand how that rascal going to go free. And she going to have to get stoned. Jesus said, look at here. 
every one of you standing here that have never done what she did or without sin, he said, I want you to be the one to cast the first stone. <laughs> Them jokers stood there. <laughs> you know the scripture is so when you when you read and, and it and it and it just makes us wait, hangs us over a little bit. And he says, suddenly there wasn't nobody standing there. And then after every after the scene was changed, after the move was made, somebody say move. See, it wasn't just a moment. It was a new move. Jesus was bringing in grace and favor. You can be saved, look, by faith. Come on, somebody. By grace through faith and that alone, nothing else. He said, now, where are your accusers now? <laughs> look, really, I'm seeing the devil. He said, where is the accuser now? All the stuff he said about you, all the things he told God about you. Have you considered my servant, Job? All the stuff that he said, where is it now? He's under your foot. He's defeated because I am come. And I am the light of the world. And he says, look, and neither do I stone you. See, you got to know how to apply what you shouting on. You got to know how to love somebody till they get saved. You got to know how to talk all night long and pray that they come back to their senses. I can shout this morning because when I like to lost my mind, somebody prayed for me. And I know they prayed for me because one day I got woke and came to myself. Come on, somebody. Regain my identity in God. It wasn't just a moment, Bill. It was a movement. Life changed forever. Just tell somebody, God will make a way. I know you're frustrated. Don't know what else to do or which way to go, but nevertheless, there's one thing God is saying to believers in this hour. It's just one thing that God is screaming to us this hour. And I know, look, it seems like all of democracy is noodling. It's like things are just falling apart. But all he's telling us, he's saying, trust me. You, you, you declare that I was your shepherd. Trust me. I don't care how bored you get. Trust me, I don't care how hard it gets. Trust me, I don't care what they do. Trust me, it baffles the believer to look at our world today and how people can be so crooked and Robin still vote for them. God has said, trust me. Huh? Look, you would think that you wouldn't vote for a crook. Who would reelect Nixon? I'm just, I'm just trying, I'm not trying to become one of those, one of those uh, Jesse Jackson pastors. But what I'm trying to tell you is that whenever you see what's going on in the world, it's like they've turned a blind eye to the truth and the reality of morals. And they would rather have Barabbas today than they, they're saying, give us Barabbas. That's what they're saying. I want you to see how God is working this thing. Think if you get up there and you start saying, well, thus saith the Lord, then they're going to say, look, look, crucify him because he's messing up our move. They didn't want just a moment. They wanted a whole move. And watch what you say. 
Because you just might get tax audited. They might just audit you. Some of y'all, I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm gone. The enemy wants us to miss out. He wants us not to be prepared. He wants us to be worn out and distracted so that we'll miss what God has for us. It's just little gnats and flies that, that you're swatting and you're just, just messed up. See, you, you, you're you doing all that. And you're letting the camel, he, he just walk right. You're missing it. You, you're too busy looking at the little thing. Don't get choked up on the smoke. Find out where the fire is. Don't don't let them don't, don't let this mess just catch you. The enemy is trying to distract you so you'll miss what God has for you. They distract you because you're too tired where you don't work three or four jobs. Hmm? And you're talking about I'm just waiting on the Lord to give me the you're too tired to even hear from God. Let me take Saturday all day long Saturday or through the week and just neglect feeding myself the word of God. I promise you, whatever you carry, when I come in here, it's like a magnet and it buckles me down. I cannot deal with it. I want to go home and get me some, some wild Irish rolls or some bull or, or something. Just take, I'm going to get with Michelle and me and her going to go ahead on. I know she know how to do it. She know where to take me, Brother Bill. I know she. <laughs> I want you to understand what I'm trying to say. Sometimes, if listen, if you are not in that word, just the small little things that come up in life will cause you to forget what God is saying to you. Trust me. Trust me. I'm, I'm doing something with this. You know that all things are working together for your good because you love me and you're called according to my purpose. You know that I can do exceeding abundantly above all that, I ask, all that you can ask of me or think. I'm God. I made you. I have preordained your whole, the whole course of your life. I know your every mistake. I know your every look. And listen, listen, people of God, church folk, born again believers, let's stop calling sin mistakes. Mistakes are not sins. I mean, I mean, come on now. Oh, I made a mistake. No, you sinned. The scripture don't say nothing about all of that mistake stuff that everybody trying to run around and soften up that, that mess with, talking about, I made a mistake. You sinned. We all have sinned. There's nobody in here that hasn't. Don't be ashamed of it. We've all sinned. There is not one person in here, whether they can walk or can't even change their own diaper, that have never told a lie. <laughs> Babies that can't talk, they done told a lie too because that nature. They say, guy, guy, it's a lie. There ain't no guy, guy. It's goo, goo. <laughs> That's that nature. Y'all understand what I'm saying? They're born with a sinful nature. You're born in it. There's nowhere around it. You need Jesus. If you come in here, you need Jesus. We read this word and we say we're believers. But, we, but what we do is bring too much of our own understanding to what God is revealing. If, if, if Peter would have brought too much of his own understanding and how he felt, see, that's another reason why we can't allow the word of God to fully minister to us and bring us under the complete umbrella of the authority of his word is because we bring too much of our feelings and we bring too much of our own understanding. When Jesus and John went to a wedding and they ran out of wine, in order for you to be filled, you've got to be what? 
empty first. You got to run out of what it is you got and let him give you something better. Let him fill your cup with something better. But you thinking you drinking the best wine? No, no. God has said, I got another life for you. If you would just let me pour it into you, if you would just come empty and yielded and unrebellious, I will give you direction. I'll give you new life. I'll set you on a new course. It won't be just a, a, a glass for a moment, but I'm going to put you in a new movement. I'm going to change your life forever. How many of us have really made a, a true, real effort to know God according to his word? How many of us have really been students of the word, crowning out, seeking God according to his word? How many of us are becoming sensitive to another hunger and a thirsting down in our soul for more of God? How many of us understand that there is a test standing up against the church, mouths that are standing against the body of Christ, people who are trying to reach in the church and grab our kids and pull them back out into the world? And they're doing it 24-7. When all you're requiring of them is for one Sunday, that ain't enough. One day out of seven. All the other six days, they're doing everything else. And what makes you think when they get old enough that they're not going to just drop this one little thing? I mean, look at my head. I'm going to come to a place where eventually I'm just going to have to take every bit of it off. Why are we keeping on this stuff, man? You see what I'm saying? This is what we do. We try to hold on just to the, to the I mean, just we, look, there's some things you're going to have to just let go. If you're going to get God the way you want God in your life, you, there's some things you're going to have to just let go. It can't come with you. You just can't. You can't have it. Why are we so worried about what we're going to look like with no hair? We still got a head. Ain't that right? I know some smart bald head men. <laughs> it's what's in it. Not what's on it. I'm going to shut down. It's 12.04. Listen, I'm going to say these few words, and I'm definitely not finished with this. There's some things that were going. That's why I told you to read those scripture that I gave you. I want you to read them, okay? Read them and study them. We're going to talk about them, all right? So what, what, what I want you to hear is that we're at war. I'm not talking about Russia and Ukraine. We, the body of Christ, we're at war. There's a war, an all-out war on the word of God. A war on what God has said concerning us in the body of Christ. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Can God be trusted? That's, this is the world's question to the believer. Whenever they look at things that's going on, and let me just tell you, they are really trying to pull apart the church that we call the black church because they say that we're so full of emotion, but we're ignorant of the scripture and who Jesus really is. And they say that that's why our young people, our millennials, our Gen Zs are leaving the church because they've been taught wrong. But listen, I'm telling you something. If we start and go back, like Jesus said, launch out into the deep. 
I know you're tired because I'm going to tell you, they can come up with some crazy rhetoric. Listen to some, some of the stuff that our kids are saying. They can come up with some crazy stuff. They don't have one scripture to back it up, but they come up with it. Because what they want to do is what they want to do. They don't want standards. They don't want to be taught. They don't want morals and values. And the world is painting and pushing it in them. What they don't say, they got it painted on their arm. You understand? They wear certain colors and identify what they think, what they're doing. And we are so gentle and so polite that even if we go in and we see all the mess that's going on, because see, listen, it's a very fine thread. It, it can break up homes when you disagree with the method of how to minister the word of God. That was the Pharisees' problem with that woman caught in adultery. They didn't know how to administer what they thought they knew. And when the body of Christ don't know how to minister to these people, the truth, then it can divide houses. But listen to this. And this is how we have to be. It's going to sound bad, but it's true. You think Jesus ever got angry? Jesus come in here and find some mess that's going on. All that stuff that Brother Robin, Sister Kelly, and, and, and Brother Gentry built back there, he'll tear all that up. And when he get through tearing that up, he'll take out a little rope, and he'll start up on the praise team first. I know it'll be praise team. And he'll, 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 he'll run us out of here. Because there is a way that we're supposed to conduct ourselves being the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? Anything just don't go. And, 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 and you have to understand that if, if you know the truth and you show them in the word and they keep pushing that lie on you, you got to tell them, listen, we're never going to agree. How many of you can be in agreement with the devil and be in agreement with God too? You can't. He said that. He said it. But what we're trying to do, we're trying to have one foot over here and one over here. Why? Because we are more feeling driven than faith driven. Jesus I'm telling you, when I think about what he did, and, I, and I'm going to shut this, when I think about what he did, I'm telling you, that is a strong man. The same people that rebuked him, the same people that rejected his teachings, the same, they, they whipped him, they threw rocks, they spit on him, they slapped him, they made a mockery of his divine office. And he still loved them in so much that he prayed the cup. But then he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine will. I may lose Teresa over it. Nevertheless, I'm going to walk with God. 
family may reject me, but if I know the truth, I'm going to stand on it. See, we're, we're living in a time where you thought or think that things that, listen, people who have a strong rejection for anything godly, they're coming into churches now and, not, and they're bringing in weapons and trying to kill folk because they're believers or otherwise. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? It's no time for fear. Either you got it or you don't. Either you believe it or you don't. It's your life. You take that truth from me, it's like taking life out of me. Do you understand? Three and a half years, Jesus allowed these men to walk with him. For three and a half years, they saw the miracles. They, they received the teaching in the word. They saw him raise the dead. They saw him stand in one place speaking. Healing took place in another place like he had a cell phone and called somebody. They saw this. They saw him. Whenever he stood and was transfigured, they saw him for three and a half years. But even after that, he told them. He said, before he ascended, he told them, he said, now you go over here and wait for me. He said, because God, I'm going to send you another comforter. See, listen, when you think you ready just because you know it, you ain't ready. Because what you know will be tested and challenged and you will reject, you will deny, and you will not do what God has told you to do. Before you get the commission, you're going to have to go and you're going to have to wait. He said, after the Holy Ghost have come upon you, you shall receive power. And many of us are trying to go without power. And that's why come when we run into liars, we start lying with them. When we run into folk with other, other ways, otherwise lifestyles, we join in with that. No, you need the power of God if you're going to stand against what the world is throwing at you. The gates of hell cannot prevail against the real. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? If we're going to do this thing, we're going to have to do it in God's name. You're going to have to know that you've got the power of God. You got to know it. You got to know it. And if we don't do any more jumping and running, listen, there's nothing wrong with jumping and running because we got something to jump and run for. I like the way Shirley Caesar put it in her says in her song, Hold My Mule. When they went to that man's house, the deacons and everybody went out there to his house and they walked up on his land. And he, they saw him driving. She said, an old beat up mule. And they start questioning him. He said, look at all this land that you just walked on. He said, and my children, I ain't been to the cemetery. He said, I ain't even been to the courtroom. Or, or they knew I have to visit none of them. He said, I got something to shout about. He said, now look here, I want you to just hold my mule because I'm going to just shout right here. See, they can't understand why we shout and why we lift up our hands. It's not because we're ignorant. It's because we've got something to shout about. Listen to this. Encourage somebody around you right now with these words. Tell them, trust God. Listen, listen, listen. Tell them this. Say, I'm expecting nothing but victory for you. Tell somebody else, I'm expecting nothing but victory for you. Because whether you know it or not, you're encouraging somebody that's going through some stuff that you can't, you don't even know about. 
But I'm telling you right now, with your with the words coming out of your mouth, you're encouraging something down in them that uh, that 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 nothing can detect it, but that which is in them. I'm expecting nothing but victory for you. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? I'm expecting nothing but victory for you. That's it. It's not just for a moment. This is a new move. Your whole life is on a different course. It's not about your plan, your vision, what you wrote down. God has you on another course. It's unfolding. <laughs> it's unfolding. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? It's not about him just getting you out the moment, honey. You're going to live forever because you know who he is. The moment you come out of this body, it ain't over. This is a moment. You, Whenever you entered into this covenant, it's something totally different now. It's a whole brand new thing going on with you. It's been pre-designed, pre-ordained. This thing is set up. Listen, and your mess can not stop the move. Go ahead on. Keep cutting the trail, blazing and, and, and saying all manner of things about the church and, you know, what it needs and don't need. And I don't have to be there. Keep go, just go right ahead. One day you're going to wake up and come right to yourself because God has a way. And I got to close it. Just keep coming out. God has a way of allowing a certain thing to come into your life in a certain season that will cause you to draw closer to him. It'll be such a thing that it will awaken everything that you've ever neglected about God. God's got a way of drawing you closer to him. You will leave it all and you'll run after God. It won't matter because you took three jobs trying to get and pay for that thing. You will leave it all and you will follow God. Because one thing came into your life. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Can you stand on your feet and let's just give him a praise for a minute? Hallelujah. Come on, make the devil real mad and just praise him. I got my victory and I'm expecting nothing but victory for you. I'm expecting nothing but victory for you. Amen. For you, nothing but victory. Amen. Reaping may endure for a night, but joy. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Nothing but victory for you. Amen. You're standing in the need of prayer. We're going to offer a prayer. Amen. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, for every soul in this room. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for every assignment in this room. We thank you, O oh God, for the vessel that in this room, in this house, that you have filled with your spirit that you're pouring into. Thank you for the direction for which you have given. Thank you, Father God, for the peace that you have returned to the house, to the family, to the marriage, to the life. I thank you for the healing, Father God. We thank you, O oh God, that feet are being quickened and straightened even now, even now. We thank you, O oh God, that feet are being healed in the name of Jesus. I thank you oh God, that their gate, their walk is becoming straight. I thank you for victory over God. Father, in Jesus' name, we bind up, we bind up rheumatoid arthritis. We, we bind up eye allergies. All of it. Father, because you can heal anything, Lord. In the name of Jesus, you will not lose your vision in the name of Jesus. I thank you, oh God, for healing and restoration. And we believe it, we expect it, we receive it, Nothing but victory in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God.
have mercy upon us. Forgive us. For we've sinned and come short of your glory. But we thank you for your grace, your favor, your unmerited favor, your love that's unconditional. I thank you, oh God, for what you've poured into our lives until it overflows. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father. I praise you and I bless your name. Thank you for our children. Lord, we speak into their lives. We call them out of darkness. In the name of Jesus, we call them out of darkness and into the light by the gospel that is the power of God. It is the power of God unto salvation for every man and woman who would believe. Thank you, God. We call them out of the darkness and into the light. Thank you for that seed that's been planted, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you will give increase. We'll water. Father, but we thank you for increase now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, for all that you have done. Thank you for your plans, your purpose for this life. Thank you for the assignment on our lives. Thank you for the assignment on our lives. In the name of Jesus, we praise you for it. We thank you for it. We'll be faithful to the assignment. We'll be faithful to serve. Even in this hour of darkness, we'll be light. We'll be the salt. We are your, we're your people, Lord. Speak through us. We're called by your name. We love you, Lord. We honor you even in a small place. We honor you because you're God. In the name of Jesus, bless them, strengthen them, stay with them, oh God, as you have promised in your word. They're free in their minds. They're awakened in their spirit. We'll feed them, God, the word. We'll feed them your word, God. And there'll be light even in a darkened world. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Lift your voice, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. We're going to move into the communion, and after communion, we'll receive the offering. And I think, uh, Sister.